it's What's up, from folks? the uh, oh. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Let's talk about we're it after the intro. We're gonna talk about it after the intro. What's up, folks? Nick Battle, aka Nino's Corner Man. Look, we are here with the SEC Connect. We got myself, we got Jay from Unfair Sports, Chris with a K from the Hornstown Podcast, and my brother Ty from Around the Table Sports. And as Ty was just talking about, we're talking about uh, the SEC and this uh eight versus nine game conference schedule. Ty, go ahead. Go ahead, man. Yeah, so the nine game is like you, you were asking what the you said something like Nick Saban doesn't want it anymore. And so he's been a constant proponent of the nine game and he actually wants to go full SEC. Uh, that's even something he said this past the other day. Uh, whenever the meeting was, he was saying that he wants a full SEC. The thing he was saying is they already have Auburn, they have Tennessee. And if we're doing it based on rivalries, I guess in the historical sense, Mississippi State is the rival on that side, a greater rivalry than is LSU. And the whole point of the three game was rivals. Now, personally, I'd rather have LSU. Yeah. Just just being me. Um, Yeah. But that was the whole argument here. And it was that, like, you know, if we're doing this for rivalries, you do the Mississippi State. But... At the end of the day, he's been a proponent of the nine game, and I certainly don't think that that's going to falter. If I'm not mistaken, there were two teams that voted not in favor of it, and one of them was voted anonymously. So we right. don't know one of the teams, and it's not Alabama because they were accounted okay. for. Yeah, so it's not for. just Saban. Oh, it's yeah, just yeah. another one of these situations where Saban says something and everybody acts like he's the only one. I mean, ever, he's technically I mean, the is, leader is. of the group <laughs> no of doubt. all the old people there. So it's right. I get it. And you're right. He has been an advocate for it. And I, I always find it funny, though, his thought on the rivalry of wanting to go more historic than kind of recent, in which, honestly, the only reason why the LSU rivalry exists is because he used to coach there. That's really it. And it's more so because people in Louisiana actually like him, like a lot. They love him. Like My they love him to death. I mean, they love him to death. Them. Even at Alabama, they still love him to death. You know, they would take him back in open arms and a heartbeat. Uh, but outside of that, they love him. So yeah, he's kind of he's right on that part. They're not really a rivalry. It's only existent because he won a title at LSU. So yeah. It's weird, now, but yeah. That being said, as an Alabama fan, as far as like recency, I don't think there's any question that if we're saying like you know, modifying our, our view of rival so that it's not historic. LSU mm-hmm. is a greater rival to Alabama yeah. right now than is Mississippi State. So I, I would exactly. love to get – but I do understand, even though personally I like the, the current one with its Auburn, Tennessee, LSU, I do understand because he has been consistent in saying, hey, if we do the three permanent, let's do the three rivals – so that that way we maintain these historic rivalries while we do the switching, because that's been his main calling card is getting these historic rivalries. Um, is Mississippi State really it? I don't know. I don't even think historically speaking it is, but I agree with you. It's it's yeah. like I would have thought it would be more Ole Miss, but I kind of get. I guess I get the Mississippi State in Starksville yeah. closer. Don't get so me I wrong, guess. Nino. I, I agree with you. I, I agree a hundred percent with what you're saying. I'm just playing the other side yeah. kind of give it I, I just I, never I knew Mississippi State was a rival of honestly most Alabama. people didn't <laughs> it's it, it is it's one of those right where it's a yeah. rivalry and tradition alone it hasn't been and that's why I don't 
particular. I'm not moved by Mississippi State. I'm moved by LSU. I like that game. Exactly. But I, I want to keep that one personally. Exactly. LSU, Ole Miss would be a good one for them. Definitely Auburn, of course. I would love to see. I would love to see a Tennessee versus Alabama across the board every year. Well, that's I, that's that's the thing because yeah. the other thing he was saying is like the three they're getting is LSU, Tennessee, Auburn. That's going to be Ooh. Alabama's constant three. And the other thing he was saying is like you have the historic, you could have the three historic rivalries of Mississippi yeah. State. But I, once again, you know, this gets us back into your point. Like, it's only a rival in the historic in the, sense. Yeah, in the historic sense and not in the uh, everybody thinks it is sense, LSU's right? better content, right? And it's, I want yeah, the best better. content. Yeah, uh, I, I like LSU. much better. <laughs> yeah. Chris, what's going on, man? We've seen you in about, what, two, three weeks? You good? Yeah, it took a little high. He's dying. I was, uh, you know, my my lungs are crazy. Been smoking a Texas pack, but um, <laughs> anyways, like I was saying, though, I wanna I wanna kind of you know stay on topic, but also take a little bit of a detour. I have a quote here, good. okay, from a uh, from a headball coach. Uh, I'm a history teacher by trade, and every time I come to one of these meetings, I'm blown away that the 13 colonies actually formed a union, but we can't agree on an eight or nine game schedule. Exactly. We like drink with headball coach for Missouri Tigers. Okay. Um, That's a good quote, quote. Real quick, real quick. I just want to say Ethan Hanna, shout out to Ethan Hanna uh, on Instagram. He said, and I'm actually blown away. He still has a job after three seasons below 500, but that's for another day. Um, what I do want to say here is that I think it's really interesting that we're talking about all these rivalries um, and, and everything dating back to when OU and Texas broke the freaking internet for like a day and a half whenever they announced they were going to the uh, to the SEC. We're talking about the bubble. We're talking about, um, you know, basically bracketing, maybe divisions now. Um, I, I don't know. Like, it's it still kind of baffles me that we can't get this right and we're still talking about a lot of this stuff. Not taking away anything that uh, from Nick, what Nick Saban's saying or whatnot. A lot of stuff has merit. Some of it kind of sounds like, okay, well, what are you really getting at? But we need to be able to kind of have an idea of what's going to happen. And I don't think you need to wait until next summer to kind of unveil some some magical plan for when OU and Texas come to the SEC. I think you need to kind of jump on, uh, jump ahead of that so people kind of have an expectation. Will they do that? I don't know. You know the media and the narrative that they drive, but I'm just telling you now, I, I feel like it's just interesting that we're still talking about um, all of this, yeah, eight versus nine was, game. was eventually happening and what was in, inevitable from the get go. Exactly, exactly. Um, look, folks, we got a jam packed show for you today. We're going to talk schedules. Um, just like the last time we talked, we had a good time. I think we talked for almost two hours about schedules. Ty had to get off, mm-hmm. and you know, <laughs> me and Jay went off for like another hour talking about schedules, man. Um, but today we're going to do South Carolina, Kentucky and Florida. And I think we're going to start with South Carolina today. Over under for them is six and a half wins, which I think is very low. It's my opinion, but we'll, we'll, uh, you know, you know, we'll just step through that. I will put money that they're going to get above that, but let me share the screen here, folks. And let's get to the actual schedule here. Six and a half. Six and a half. Let me blow that schedule right quick. Six and a half, man. That's 2022. Ah, it, it sure is. You're right, Ty. Do you mind if I have one minute? Because Nick asked, what's the opinion of Saban calling out A&M, Texas, and USC? I can answer this in, like, less than 45 seconds. Yeah, go, yeah, go ahead. So, Nick, 
honestly, I've seen a lot of people framing it that way, and I think that the fr people framing it as Nick Saban is taking a shot at those places aren't seeing the forest from the trees. His complaint has been consistent. It's the same complaint um, Billy Napier just had. It's the same complaint Coach Prime just had. It's that they're all of this talk about parody in college football, he's not mad at Texas A&M or USC. He's speaking to the NCAA, and he's speaking to the boosters of Alabama, yeah. trying to be like, hey, yeah. this is who's coming. They're spending money. We need to spend. And he's also talking to the NCAA. You want parody in college football. You've just created the wild, wild west with no limits. So, yeah, I think it's a larger picture type thing. I wish he would have packaged it as a larger picture type thing, but I think I don't think it was a shot at any of those places. He has a lot of respect for Sark. I know well, they're very close. Yep. All right, folks. How's that look, folks? Looking good? There we go. All right, 2023 schedule for the University of South Carolina. Let me, uh, if I may, Nick, I'll go ahead. Go ahead, man, go ahead. This if I can. You go ahead. Um, I think the North Carolina game really tells us what kind of tone this team is is trying to set. Um, regardless of what happens against Georgia, that doesn't end their season, let's just be honest with you. But this, that's, a, that's a statement win to a lot of people because a lot of people think that um, Drake May is – um, arguably one of the top five quarterbacks in next year's class, rightfully so, after the last season that he had. And so people are going to be really high on them. I'm not going to sit here and say that these are two teams that are going to be in a championship conversation, but I do think that North Carolina has a chance to possibly be ranked, and if not, they're going to be right there on the on the, on the the verge of being ranked. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah they'll be ranked. But yeah, I definitely think that this is a game that uh, uh, for North Carolina, I mean for South Carolina, for me at least, I think this kind of sets the tone and sends a message to everybody else that hey, we're going to, we're here, and we have something to prove this year. Like I said, um, I think their tight end room was hurt, losing the offensive coordinator, yeah. and obviously, I think uh, running back, you know. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd, I mean, I know the in injuries and stuff like that, but I think he was a big – when he was out there, he was really good. So I'm really interested to see in that offense, like is there a shift as far as the philosophy, as far as what they're trying to do, or it does it all remain the same? Um, defensively, I mean, I think they're going to be stout, but, you know, are, there, are, are they going to be – are they going to be good enough to to keep you in games or whatnot as far as, you know, allowing Rattler to have time to kind of develop as the game goes on? Because let's just be honest, you know, Spencer Rattler, don't get me wrong, there's games where he comes out there and, I mean, he'll rip you to shreds first few quarters. But, you know, then there's, there's the other half of the season where uh, he's kind of, in, in my opinion, he's like a rhythm thrower. He, he has to get a good rhythm to really, you know, stay in the game, stay active, stay on par or whatnot. But, you know, I'll pass the mic, but I'll just say that North Carolina game to me is is the tone setter for the season. That will kind of tell me, is this the team that I need to look out for, uh, that I need to be on the watch for um, and maybe on an upset alert against, a, well, who will put a bunch of teams on an upset alert in, uh, in the SEC. So, Chris, tell me this, who wins, North Carolina or South Carolina? <laughs> Man, you know, as it stands today, I'm probably going to go with North Carolina. I think it'll be a close game, though. I think they win by possibly a touchdown and a field goal, and I'll, I'll put it like that. Okay. Ty, how about you, man? So this is the thing with North Carolina. They're missing a big piece of that offense that they had last year in downs. And <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> yeah, he's he was a beast, man. Yeah. Um, and so here's the thing, man. South Carolina had a really good recruiting class, and they recruited a lot to need. Desmond Dumazulu was a huge get, top 200 prospect in the nation at edge. Um, that's a big one, but we all know, we all know the big get they had, right? Nicholas Harbor, mm-hmm. six foot five, 225 pounds with legitimate Olympic speed. Now I'm not saying he's going to be a catalyst that propels them to an undefeated season. Certainly not. He's got a lot of growing to do, but it was a great addition. This North Carolina game is so interesting to me because Chris, I, I love how you frame this. There's no better way to set the tone. It's almost a quasi rivalry game right off the rip. and it's huge for both programs this game to me is really a toss-up because you're right south carolina lost some big pieces the running back um and the tight end but if they if they put nicholas harbour at tight end if he can pick up the blocking you can try and mitigate that loss but no doubt about it that's not what you want um I i would really like to see south carolina pull this out rattlers ended the year playing very well yeah um, but man, Drake may, this is tough for me. I, I don't know that I find this one as cut and dry as you do, Chris, though. I didn't, yeah. I don't disagree with anything you said. Oh man. I don't know how, so- I, I, I would be interested in seeing how South Carolina finished up the year defensively, like specifically speaking, but I do agree. I think North Carolina probably takes this by, by about a field goal, but I do think this is going to be a great game. I think you, 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 uh, Jake, before you go, I would just say you, you got to push him out of the pocket. You got to get him to do some things that he doesn't necessarily want to do. And I'm talking about Drake May. Um, I think Drake May is a guy who, you know, Ty, I say it all the time willing run, really willing runners. Not a guy that I'm sitting out here saying that's Lamar Jackson by any means, but he, he could be a willing runner at times when he needs to. And I'm not going to say even if you push him out of the pocket, he can't hit you, hit a guy on the run. Uh, but at the same time, I feel like you got to you got to put him in in positions that make him uncomfortable. You can't come out there trying to run a zone against Drake May, in my opinion. I think he'll eat you alive. So it's gonna be interesting to see what game plan they have. And that being a a uh, being a, the ABC the primetime game, that should be a, a really really interesting uh, uh, you know atmosphere and game. Jay, how about you? Yeah, I love the the first game being a neutral site game for them uh, being there in Charlotte, playing there at the Panthers Stadium. And so it's yeah. going to be, a you know, like Ty said, a quasi uh, rivalry game. And so it's going to be a fun one. I, I, I think that South Carolina, looking at the over-under set at six and a half, I calculate all of this, man, and I'm, I'm, I'm seeing at least eight wins that they could truly pull off this year. Um the good thing for them is that they have Spencer Rattler. They actually have established quarterback play, has experience at the collegiate level. Now, the North Carolina game is going to be a tough one because I'm very high on Drake May. I, I am too. I think the dude's exceptional. And um, and Mac Brown has a tendency of showing up and showing out at moments. Nick, you know this. Um, he's actually recruiting right now for yeah, now. I wish we'll see did. how long Never it lasts. Mind. Never mind. <laughs> We'll see how long that lasts. But my point here is that he's still building something special there at North Carolina. And because he's still interested in it, I do believe that that's going to be, they're going to be a challenge for them. So moving along into the schedule overall, man, this is definitely six and a half is way too low for South Carolina. They have an opportunity here. I, I, I can see about eight wins. 
Now, can they go for 10 wins? I don't know. But I can see eight. All right. All right. So, look, I'll finish up with this game right here. You know, with North Carolina, Texas fans are going to hate me by saying this, but um, I think we all know that, you know, Spencer Rattler has first-round talent. His arm talent is first-round arm talent. I think we all understand that. Drake May is is probably going to be a first-round draft pick as well. Mm-hmm. This is going to be one of those games that at the end of the season, if these teams ball out, this this could have been the 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 floor for both of these quarterbacks um, to kind of showcase their skills on week one to see who might be one of the first quarterbacks picked in the draft if Spencer balls out like he's supposed to this year. A lot of people – Kind of want to write off Spencer because he didn't have the best season the previous year prior to going to South Carolina because he was the Heisman hopeful, the Heisman favorite. Didn't get it done. Got the job taken away from one of the most transcendent quarterbacks we've seen probably in the last 25 years. You know, And that's nothing to sneeze at. He just got outplayed by a better player. Uh, but Spencer, I think, is going to have a hell of a season this year. I do think they lost a little too much. I think North Carolina edges them out. But I think this is going to be a knockdown, drag down fight between these two quarterbacks. Um, I got North Carolina by, I'm with you, Chris. I think by probably a field goal. Um, but it can yeah. it, it can easily go either way since it is a neutral game. It can easily go either way. It's not going to be a real sway from the crowd. And if Spencer finishes, if if Spencer starts off the season this year like he finished last year, South Carolina can do some great things this year. He they might upset some people this year. Let me say this before it's even said. Um, Spencer Rattler, in my opinion, is a great, great low. I'm about to say great value. I'm not talking about Walmart. I'm talking about <laughs> this. He's a he's a value pick. I think that a team that gets him could hide him out possibly for a year or two and let him develop. I think he's a guy that you can afford to. Um, yes, you probably will see drop. Um, um, to like some later rounds or whatnot, but I think he's a guy that has all the potential in the world. I still will stand on this hill and die on this hill. I think he has the best arm in the nation. I think he has the, at least the, the, the most gifted arm in the nation. I know we got guys like Milton, uh, guys like that who who have bazookas or whatnot, but Jay, I see you shaking your head. I haven't seen enough game tape from him. The most I've seen from him is, is chunking balls on videos and doing backflips. So I'll say that right there. But, you know, just my opinion, I still think he's the most talented passer in the nation. Um, but I, I definitely don't see I, – I don't know. This is just a tough one to, to, to take, but I think that North Carolina pulls it out at the end. Okay. So, you still my boy, Jay. All right. So we got 01 South Carolina. I guess that's, that's a consensus right now after the first game. Yeah, I'm making a little chart right now. Yeah. Second game's against Furman. I think we all understand that. Furman's going to get the uh, yep, skip. Skip. All right, so 1-1. One, one. All right, third game is Georgia. Skip. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm like Jay. I'm like Jay. I'm good on it. Why waste our time when we know what this discussion is going to do? 1-2. <laughs> They're 1-2. and two. All right, fourth game's Mississippi State. This one's going to be very interesting. This is good. This is, this is going to be a very interesting game. I want to start this one off, Ty. I got to start this one off. No, please, please, please. Man, uh, I love the defense of their head coach, Arnott. I think he is outstanding on the defense side of the ball. We've been talking about this for a while for the offense side of the ball. How does that offense mesh up with that defense? Kevin Barbe is a hell of an offensive coordinator. 
um, coming from Appalachian State, also Central Michigan as well, um, runs a very balanced air raid system, if that makes sense, folks. He runs the ball very well. I'm talking about 1,200 to 1,300 yard rushers coupled with guys that are going to get 12 to you know 12 to 1300 yards in actual receiving yards as well. Very balanced offense. I don't think Mississippi State has the houses right now. They don't have the horses right now, folks, to um implement the offense that Barbe wants right now. I think that that offense is probably 2 years away. So, with saying all that, I think Mississippi State's defense is going to come to play outstandingly well. I don't think they have the players on the offense to run the offense that the 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 OC wants. I think South Carolina edges this game out. I'm going to say six points. Ooh, I'll take I'll take round two. I'll take the second spot this time around. Um, I'll know more on Mississippi State after week two of this season. The only thing that concerns me is kind of the way everybody got their jobs. Mm-hmm. Losing pirate. Yeah. So I'm curious to see how every how that affects everyone and how they play. Because you know they're gonna honor them game one. So it's gonna be the emotional game. And they should be able to go out there and do do something with that. But outside of that, <laughs> I don't know what this team's gonna look like next season. I yeah. don't. The last class wasn't wasn't all that great. Um, so, and I think South Carolina did a really good job in the portal on top of getting uh, uh, getting Harbor, you know, the five-star, number 19 player in the country. I, 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 think, I think South Carolina wins this one. I think they yeah. win this one soundly at home. There's no excuse. They're at home. Yeah, so here's how I look at it. I have a lot of questions about Mississippi State. Will Rogers is there. He has put up monstrous numbers, but what happens with the offense? Mm-hmm. Like, it's the it's the uncomfortable conversation nobody wants to have because of the passing of a legend in college football. What does that offense look like? Because Mike Leach was incredible on the offensive side of the ball. You knew any given Saturday he could have his offense absolutely unleash on you. And the incredible thing was is you knew he wasn't going to run the ball, and he'd still pass it for 550 yards on you ad nauseum. And it was it – was, without that, and there's a total shift in identity, Mississippi State is undoubtedly one of the teams to watch this year, but I have this game for South Carolina. I, I do. And isn't this at home? Yeah, this is at yeah, home. Yeah, it's at the home. It's at home. It's at home. It's at home. Yeah. Um, that's, that's why I was sold on it, too, was yeah. looking at it. It's a home game. There's no reason not to. And just like you mentioned, Ty, the only thing I could say with that is Appalachian State, Barbie, he beat up on, you know, A&M. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, Texas A&M last season. So, But it wasn't the offense that beat him up. I mean, that was Fair a point. close game. That was a Fair very point. close game. It was game. all defense. Fair point. It was, that was a defensive, like, juggernaut, right? So, yeah, his offense didn't tear up A&M, but A&M had one of the better defenses – you know, I'll go ahead and say they had one of the better defensive lines in the country last year, um, and it all starts in the line, right? So, um, yeah, his offense didn't didn't beat down the doors last year against A and M, but against like minded competition, they did really well. It's true, Chris. Look, uh, I think Mississippi State just piggybacking off of what Ty was saying. Um, I think Mississippi State is going to have more of a controlled offense this year. I think they're going to be. 
I think they're not, they're not going to be a tempo offense. They're not going to be kind of a, a spread in my opinion. They may come out there and be a, a spread team, but I don't think you're going to see kind of the high pace, high volume of, of passing or whatever. I think that the defensive coordinator, obviously he wants to, uh, he, he's going to put his imprint on this team. And I think he's going to play defensive first. I don't, I still don't know exactly what they have. Uh, I mean, obviously we know, you know, the old head ball coach, you know exactly what he what 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 he was coming out there. Mike Leach was gonna always have guys that could go out there and run his offense, but I think it's shifting philosophy this year. So definitely would take South Carolina in that game. They should win that game, barring some type of, you know, they come out there and they take them light and 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 kind of go through the motions at least the first half. If they let them stay in it that second half, that we'd be talking about a different thing. That's true. All right, so we got two two, two two for South Carolina right now. This next game, this is going to be the one, folks. Uh, South Carolina versus Tennessee rematch of, I think, one of the game of the year that's last year. That was a hell of a game last year. Spencer had a coming out part of that that game. Um, it's at Tennessee. Since it's at Tennessee, Jay, you are a Tennessee fan, man. So let me let me start off with you. Before we begin this, just as a point of like, because I'm documenting all this, and from yeah. here on out, I'm going to have it all on a spreadsheet. So after we get done, we can look back and like. So I just want to have. Jay, for North Carolina, you had North Carolina beating South Carolina? I got South Carolina winning that game. You got South Carolina winning that game? Okay, so all of us pick North Carolina except for Jay. And on MSU, we're all in agreement that South Carolina takes that one? Yeah. I'm sorry, I was – okay, perfect. Yep. Sorry about that. No problem. All right, so Tennessee in Knoxville, Joe Milton should have his coming out party in this game. I think Tennessee wins this one. Um, I just think that Tennessee just, I mean, having the fourth best recruiting class in the SEC this past class, uh, you've got Joe and you've got Nico right there in the reins. I think Heupel is figuring things out well. I don't see South Carolina walking in there and winning there in Knoxville, Um, especially the way that they thrashed Tennessee and took out Hendon Hooker, which eliminated his Heisman Trophy run. I think this is a revenge game that Tennessee will have circled on the billboard. I think they pull this one out. Ooh. I think it's close, though. I think it's probably a touchdown game. I'll go next. So, yeah, this is, this, is a, this is a really fun one, man. Um, and here's my question. Jay, I want to I have a little bit of a back and forth right here because you, you, you know a bit more about Tennessee and their current capacities than I have. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit all over the place right now and <laughs> so outside of you, you replace hendon hooker you, you have a lot of faith in milton what does the offense look like i know you still have brew mccoy at wide receiver you have to replace hyatt and you gotta replace so you got a squirrel who got who got a lot of game last gotcha. year at your gotcha. wide and what about the uh, defense? Because that was an area of major – what moves have happened there? Because that's the only area that really concerns me for Tennessee with a new quarterback that isn't as experienced as Hendon Hooker. Well, see, that's the thing is that Milton has a lot of experience. He didn't fair. have a lot of that's fine-tuning. Fair. He played a lot at Michigan. He did. He played like two seasons, and he got a lot of game. The problem was is that no one could hone in that arm. And then when he got to Tennessee, he won the quarterback battle with Hendon Hooker. Started the season off the first couple of games with the job, but they stripped it from him because, again, he couldn't control that cannon. 
Brought Hooker in. He finished the season out. Tennessee went like six and seven, did okay. But then Hinton Hooker had his coming out party, him and Jalen Hyatt. And so I think with the work that they've put into Milton over these last two years, with Hinton Hooker as well, trying to help guide him and mentor him, because they're pretty tight. I think this is the year where he tones down that arm and he's able to get better control and better throws. Plus, they've got some fast receivers, you know. With Squirrel, um, he played throughout the Orange Bowl and was kind of eating up Clemson's defense, and that was kind of a shocker to me. I'm sitting in the stands like, oh, this, 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 this is what this is going to be, huh? And then Milton was out there dropping some dimes. So that, if anything that concerns me is the defense. I don't know what the defense is going to look like. Uh, Byron Young is gone. That to me, is a big, big deal. They're, they're losing a couple of defensive linemen to the portal. One went to uh, Colorado, and one a, a defensive tackle was just at Oklahoma visiting recently that had some DeJuan solid production. Terry, yeah. yeah, DeJuan Terry. So I don't know what overall the defense looks like. I'm still digging into how this roster is going to be constructed, but I don't think that that's going to be their problem. I think that I think in this game, I think overall it will be because we that defense needs to tighten up mm -hmm. if they're going to be able to succeed against Georgia's of the world and the rematch against Alabama and Tuscaloosa, which I will be at that game this year. Um, it's in this game, I see Milton just outdueling Spencer Rattler this time around, and Tennessee wins it because of that. And this is my last question: Do you think Milton? Because this is what all my questions have been leading up to. The one mm -hmm. thing I haven't seen Milton be able to do, and that's not to say he can't do it, right? Because the same mm -hmm. thing could be said for Hendon Hooker. And this is why I'm, I'm more interested in saying this is a debate point. But I haven't seen Milton be able to just go out there and win a shootout, right? And that's where I, I have the level of concern because the arm talent is there. Like you said, the control over the throws has been all over the place. Accuracy has been a little bit all over the place and reading a defense has been a little bit all yeah. over the place. And when I combine all of those with the defense being kind of all over the place as well, that's where my big question for Tennessee comes in, because I don't know that you have a guy that you hang your hat on that can go out there and score 55 points a game. No, I, 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 I agree. If it becomes a shootout, that's going to be a bigger problem for okay. Tennessee than it will be South Carolina because Spencer Rattler, to me, has a little bit more experience in that capacity and running offenses where you can go, 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 go. But after watching Milton play against Clemson in the Orange Bowl, I've calmed down on my fears with him because he did a really good job eating up that Dabo Sweeney team. Mm -hmm. He did. And that's, that sh surprised me. Because when I watched that, when the game was going on, I was like, man, this, this is not going to be that. Because remember, Hyatt didn't play. Of course, Hendon Hooker was out. We had a few players that did not play in this game because of deciding to go to the draft and prepare for that instead. Joe Milton went out there through 250-something yards. Squirrel, um, Squirrel White had over 100 yards receiving and a touchdown on nine catches. And so it was a balanced attack, and the defense actually showed out too. So um, Clemson ain't no slouch. So to yeah, me, for sure, for being sure. able to win the Orange Bowl – with the two orange teams playing, told me that they it, he could actually tell colors throughout that game. Fair, fair, fair. <laughs> 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 Ty, hey, you remember 2014? What happened in 2014 in that bowl game? Which bowl game? Uh, Alabama uh, versus Oklahoma. I try not to remember. 
it's not even on you. What what happened in that game? Who who was the quarterback for Oklahoma? What did he do? He sling it all over Alabama, ran all over Alabama. I mean, whatever he wanted to do all in Alabama. It was okay. tough to watch. And in that very next season, what did he do? Absolutely nothing. That's the same thing that I see with Joe Burrow. Oh, no. I am so sorry. I am so oh, sorry, no. Jay. I can't do this. Jay, you see what he led up to that? I you see the way he just dangled that carrot? No. He, he, he hit two birds with one stone. The he level of disrespect. You, and he I attacked me. I can't sit here and let you do that, Jay. I'm not. I just, I'm not. Do Do I think That's that Tennessee will, will get the win? I'm leaning towards so. I think it'll be kind of a, a late game heroic by somebody. I think it's going to be more of a controlled game. I'm just not a big, I don't know. Something just rubs me the wrong way. You know, I talked to my uncle about this. My uncle said, hey, well, obviously Tennessee, they, they know something because they see him every day. So obviously he's got to be, you know, something for them. Hey, man, I'm just going to be honest. I don't see it, man. I think we'll see Nico uh, probably uh, around. <laughs> Uh, some some wow. I just don't think that Milton's the guy, man. delivered, man. I'll give this game to Tennessee simply because I I think that they'll edge it out, and I don't think that uh, South Carolina will have the luxury of playing at home. And then obviously, I don't know, Jay. You can confirm it or not if if you can, but you know, obviously there was there was some locker room issues. No, I wouldn't say locker room issues, but there were some issues around that game or at least some certain rumors that were floating around for the reason why they had such a piss poor effort defensively at least um in, in that game so I, I don't see this happening you know at a good old rocky top in, in knoxville but yeah that's just my thought Ooh, y'all my are, god y'all are a little feisty today well look i'm gonna shock y'all you see today. this violence you see this, this violence, violence i'm dealing with look look i'm kind of on the same uh tip right now as chris man I think South Carolina's going to pull this game off. And I say that because, uh, look, Tennessee lost a lot. You know, they lose two wide receivers. They lose their Heisman candidate quarterback. Um, I'm with Todd in this too as well. How's her defense going to shape up? And, yeah, Milton did win the bowl game, but he beat out a true freshman in Clay Covenant. He should. I mean, he he should. He's been in college for a while. He should outplay a true freshman, right? Um I just got a feeling Spencer Rattler is going to have a hell of a season this year. And he's going to win some games that he's not supposed to win. He's going to uh, – we saw last year how he kind of propelled his team to win some games late last year, and that was on his arm. I think he continues it this year. I, I really do. Um, so I got them edging out Tennessee very slightly – uh, but I think Spencer's going to play better than Milton at Rocky Top. All right. You know, he spent 40 minutes on South Carolina. Are you going to do this to me? <laughs> <laughs> me? <laughs> well, All right. But the consensus is Tennessee is going to win this, right? So 2-3, right? Yeah, I, I think so, yeah. All right, 2-3. All right, off week to next week. Florida. Chris, how about you start this one? Okay, so with Florida, this is the interesting part. I, 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 
I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to say South Carolina. I think this is a South Carolina win by probably a field goal oh, or simply a <laughs> touchdown. Because <laughs> I, I think like teams play like teams, right? And really, what, what, what I mean by that is the fact that um, this could be a game where Spencer Spencer Rattler struggles against that defense. I don't care who's the coach for Florida. I don't care how bad Florida is. They're going to have athletes, SEC athletes, and they're going to have Florida athletes who are some of the best recruits in the nation, obviously. So I know that that defense is going to be stout. I still think that uh, the old the old head Napier is going to be is going to be okay. My only problem with Florida is this right here, whether it's um, Graham. Graham Mertz or Jack, what's his name? Jack, um, God, what's his name? Um, I don't know, but they got Graham. You know who I'm talking about. Yeah, Jack yeah. Miller. Jack Miller. Miller. Jack Miller, Miller yeah. I was going to say Miller. Excuse me. As uh, the great Ty, Ty Hayes would say, neither one of those quarterbacks moved the needle for me. Okay, Not a bit. I'm just, I can't do it. I can't bring myself to really feel like Graham Mertz is going to go out there and really take this take over. So I mean, y'all leave Graham Mertz alone. I'm giving that game to, uh, <laughs> to South Carolina. Ty, how about you, man? Yeah, I got to go South Carolina. Look, here's the thing. I want Napier to do well. Um, I think that goes without saying any of the people that come from the Saban tree, right? Like, it's I, I just kind of root for them. And that being like Florida. I can feel for any team that was doing very well in very recent memory and through the cycle of one or two coaches got to a point where you had Dan Mullen saying in front of the press, I'll worry about recruiting when the season ends. And like, you can't do that. Right. So like, that's a huge fall. It was he smoking. While Napier, I think, is going about this in a manner long-term that's going to be good because I think he's seen enough good cultures, he was able to do good work at Louisiana, they're almost doing their rebuild in the reverse order where he got there last year, played with what he had, and then coming into year two, you've seen an exodus into the transfer portal and some things shifting around. Because of that... I just think that this year is going to be real up and down for Florida, right? I think they're going to have games where they shock people, and it's going to be like, oh, where has this Florida been? Whether that's for drives, for quarters, or even for an entire game. But I also think against a team like South Carolina that has an established quarterback, that Shane Beamer is going into year three, that the offense did show some signs of life. I have South Carolina winning this game, and the cherry on top, it's at South Carolina. Yep, Jay, how about you? I'm going to keep it simple, man. Florida, Florida's in shambles. South Carolina's got more stability right now. Shane Beamer's doing what he's supposed to do. I'm going to go with South Carolina. I think South Carolina blows them out. I think this is like a three-touchdown game. I do, too. I think, I, think, I think they kill Florida. Florida is – they don't know who their quarterback is. It, look, they had the fourth pick of the draft this year, and they only won six games this year. That will tell you something. They had one of the most athletic freaks in the country. No, not one of them. He had, they had the most athletic yeah, yeah. freak in the country, and they still only won six games this year. I mean, that's that's a video game guy that they had playing at quarterback, and they couldn't – Didn't take advantage of it. Anything out of him. And now you're telling me that Graham Mertz, whatever his name, he's going to be the guy that's going to come in here and do great things. I think last week we said that Florida wins four games, maybe five this year. I'm, you know, you know, I'm sticking with that. I think South Carolina blows them out of the water. I think it's at least at least 17 points, at least 17 points. 
I, I like Florida's running backs, but like you said, Nino, I just don't know what they have at quarterback. The offensive line is a big question. They've got Micah Mazuka from Baylor. Yeah, um, really like that him. addition. Yeah, they got a bunch of good guards, but yes. who's going to pay a tackle for them this year? That's Deontay the Goodwin has the upside, but yeah. um, actually, it's interesting. One of the guys that's on the on the stream, some he's always in the comments. RJ, um, Jay, you know RJ. Yep. He trains with Keontae Goodwin. He was actually he said that was the first guy like I started working with in high school. He was a five star coming out of high school. And he was even saying the other day when we had Cody from F is for Fanatics, great Florida content creator, does a mm -hmm. lot of work with high top sports. He was saying how, yeah, the, the one complaint, and even RJ said it, the one question with Keontae Goodwin is, is he going to be in good enough shape? He's a real big kid. And if he loses a bit of weight, gets in a little bit, I mean, he's going to be good, but that's a question right now. Yeah. And while that might seem small, when you don't know what the rest of your line looks like, Mm -hmm. those small questions start adding up quickly. Yep, I'm with you. So I think we got this, you know, this is a consensus, South Carolina beats Florida. Um, next game in the schedule. I don't know, so what is it, 3-3 three, tie? Three, so right now we have, actually, it depends who you ask. Let me go back to this. We have. This is crazy. Yeah, we have, actually, it's 3-3 three, three, all the way okay. across. All right, so three, three, all the way across. Well, no, all you right. have it. You have um, four wins for South Carolina, two losses. Yeah, yeah, okay. The rest we'll of just us go have with three, the consensus. Three. We'll just go with the consensus here. So you know, consensus three, three, right? I'm sorry, I'm all over. It's split three, three for two of us, and four, two for the other two. That's right, because Jay picked North. He, Jay picked South Carolina over North Carolina, right? You, mm -hmm. yes, he gotcha. picked Jay picked North Carolina to beat South Carolina, and then you picked Tennessee. To yeah. uh yeah. To lose, yeah. yeah. Yep. Gotcha. All right. Next one, folks. Missouri Tigers. I, you know, I think South Carolina takes this one. Uh, Nick, you know, you go huh? ahead. I was gonna say you might as well couple these next two games. They gotta drop one of these games, and I think that they drop at Missouri but win at Texas AM. Let's I I I think that really it, it's oh, yeah. two two away games, both on the road. I think they 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 take one of those, but I don't think it's at Missouri. I think it's at Kyle Field. Ooh, I think they beat Missouri, and I think Kyle Field is the flip. Now, I mean it, it's a toss up, I mean. I, I, I do Missouri know. returns a lot of talent. They do, they do. I, you know, maybe I'm just really high on Spencer this year. Maybe I, like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know, um, I think he does have the best arm in the SEC this year. Um, I won't know about the, you know, I won't say about the country. I know Chris says the country, but I think in the SEC, I can't name a quarterback with better arm talent in the SEC. And I think at the end of those games, your quarterback's gonna have to make a play. And I think he's one of the only guys in that conference that I know for a fact is going to be able to make a play when it counts. If his mental is right. If yeah. he has it between the ears, right. I think it clicked last year, those last six games or last four games. I think it clicked. And I think that's, you know, some of the best ball that we've seen him play, um, you know, at a harder conference too as well, you know, so I'm going to go South Carolina for Missouri. The A and M game is going to be a toss up for me, but Ty, go ahead with you, man. So you gave the W to South Carolina against Missouri. Yeah, Chris, did you say you're giving the W to Missouri? Yes, I agree. Ooh, I 
just think this could be a little bit of a trap game for South Carolina. The Missouri one? Yep. Coming off of Florida, you have Missouri before Texas A&M at Kyle Field. Yeah. Right? Back-to-back rotors. Yeah, back-to-back rotors. And I think it's easier to look at Texas A&M and say, like, oh, I'm, I'm looking ahead to them. Granted, I think this would be a very close one. But I'm very much well a toss up here. But for the time being, I'm gonna I'm gonna side with Chris. I'm going to give Missouri the win here. Jay, what about you? Oh man, uh, I guess I need to be the uh, the moment <laughs> of truth here, huh? Uh, yeah, this is a trap game. I think Missouri wins this one. Ooh, I'm the only one at that home. Said he win it. I think it's a trap. I think it's a trap too. I agree. I, I you've got. You're traveling to Texas A&M right afterwards. And, of course, Missouri's probably going to be that good uh, this year, even though they actually have the same six-and-a-half win total that Vegas believes they're going to be good. So Vegas may be trying to trap everybody to take that under on Missouri, and Missouri may actually have a winning record, uh, a really good record, and compete this year. So that being the case, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking Missouri pulls out the upset on this one. Ooh, okay, okay. All right, so – with the consensus, we got three four, right? That's consensus right now. Three four, they lose to Missouri, all right. All right, next game's Texas A and L, and I think I'll start this one off. This game is going to all depend on, and I think we said this numerous times. How is Bobby Petrino and um, Jimbo Fisher going to mesh together? How is that offense going to mesh, right? You know, I think Josh Pace said it best, right? He, he, what are you talking about? The milk that's aspired, right? And the milk's <laughs> been – yeah, it's, that's the offense, right? Does Jimbo – The milk's gone bad. Exactly. Does he let off the reins and officially hand everything over to Bobby Petrino? If that happens, uh, A&M has a, has a shot to do some good things this year. But then, you know, I, I was thinking about this the other day. When it comes to AM and when it comes to Bobby Petrino, um, is his offense stale now? You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, is it? You know, we haven't seen um coach at a really, really high level in how long, guys? Well, and also RJ <laughs> RJ wasn't the biggest fan. Yeah, you know, I mean, so let's let's be honest. When's the last time like we've seen him coach at a high, 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 high level? Um is his uh, approach to the college game this time around at A&M, is it going to be very successful? I'm not sure it will be, but I think A&M's defense is just – their defensive line is sick, man. Having You know, adding Hicks to that sick line last as well. Year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it was sick last year. And they the got defense, Bryce Anderson in the back of that yeah. secondary. He's a beast. He's a beast. And um, does Weigman – provide better quarterback play than what they had last year couldn't be worse yeah and so you, you got Wagaman, you got evan stewart who i think's uh you know just an amazing player um i mean you, you got, say it can't be worse you <laughs> can no you're right you're you're, you're no. <laughs> you got we're talking about a&m you, you yeah would hope. <laughs> you would hope not but i think that they are returning some really good wide receivers 
Um, adding Owens in the backfield too, five-star running back in the backfield, Wagman there as well. Their offensive line is is one thing that you got to kind of look at. Is that going to be enough in the conference? They didn't play too bad last year. Um, they didn't play too well either last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're kind of an average line, but I like their skill position, you know, mm-hmm. uh, pieces. I like their I like their five-star running back. I like Wagman, and I like their defense, man. And it's at AM. That's going to be a tough win. I think I'm going to kind of give AM the edge on this one. Here's, here's my problem with Texas AM, okay? Um, it's not necessarily the headlines that are making the rounds right now. I think that uh I, I think that uh Petrino was brought in there for a reason. And he's he's a he's a good offensive uh coach. I think he's a really good offensive coach. My only problem is his Weidman and a really athletic quarterback that can move, that can run, you know, because I've only seen Petrino's offenses ever be successful with uh, uh, athletic guys playing quarterback. And even going back to Arkansas, I know that people will say, oh, well, Arkansas, he won a bunch of games uh, uh, without athletic quarterback. Yeah, but you had McFadden and then you had yeah. Jones back yeah. there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. You want a Wildcat. I think I watched them run Wildcat for uh, most, most if not all the game against like LSU or somebody uh, I, one of those games that year. So, they seemed like they were the majority Wildcat that whole season. That yeah, whole season. season. So, I mean, that's kind of my my spin on it. And that's what kind of gives me fear is that I don't necessarily doubt the uh, the talent there, Evan Stewart, and some of the other wide receivers that they have, but I, I just why and Weigman, I think that he's he's a good quarterback. I really do. I think he, he, last year he showed flashes. I just don't know with Petrino's offense if he can win with a guy who's honestly a pocket quarterback. You know, I, I just it, I guess that's kind of the verdict that I, I have that needs to be there needs to be some type of resolution to that because I I just don't see it. And plus, I, I think that Texas A&M is due for a letdown at some point this year, and I think it will definitely be against a team like that, which would be South Carolina. I think that they could they could come there pretty much. I think that would be kind of like a 6, a 6 p.m. game. I don't think that would be an 11 a.m. game, and I don't think that would be a 2.30 game. It would be like a 6 p.m. kickoff, yeah. and I think that you would see uh, possibly that, that game kind of, you know, they go round for round quarter for quarter, who's going to come out on top. And I think eventually you would see South Carolina win that one. Well, I... Ryan Mallett. <laughs> yeah, here's here's the issue. Because my gut, for whatever reason, wants to say South Carolina. And I think you hit the nail on the head, Chris. We've seen peak silliness out of Texas A&M for multiple seasons now. And I'm one of those people where if you show me peak silliness multiple times, I'm going to believe that the next year you're going to show me peak silliness. And I think it's completely logical to say like, hey, they're going to get caught one time. When will it be? The only reason why I have it hard saying that it's going to be against South Carolina, one, it's at home, and two, it's coming off of a bye for Texas A&M. Exactly. They're going to be up for this game. Yeah, it's, they're coming off of a bye. They're very talented. I think your point about um, Petrino and typically having a mobile quarterback is well-received. I, I don't disagree with that at all. I think that's actually a very interesting point, something I'm actually probably going to look into a little bit. Yeah, I didn't think about that either. That's a good one, I didn't think about that at all. I'm yeah, very actually true. interested in diving into that. But, Nino, there's something you said 
And it's so true, man. It is so true. The A&M offensive line is all over the place in terms of their consistency. One game, you'll watch them, and you're like, these guys are world beaters. I mean, yeah. these guys are phenomenal. And the <clears throat> next game, it's like, oh, my goodness. What happened here? <laughs> There's no way. <clears throat> I don't know where my voice is going. But the next game, you're looking at them saying, there's no way this is the same starting five. Like, this has got to be a totally different crew. I'm picking A&M to win this game because they're coming off of a bye. And because when I look at the A&M defense, I think it's going to be very good up front. I don't think there's any question there. And offensively, if Weigman gets it together, you have Evan Stewart, who I think is going to be sensational. You have Moose Muhammad, who was amazing last year, and they're just going to keep growing together. I I'm going to give this one to Texas A&M, but I will say, guys, I, I think midway through the summer, this is going to be two conversations we have to revisit, is the Missouri game and the Texas A&M game for South Carolina. Because of the games we've talked about, those are the two that are really standing out to me right now as question marks. And I know from the outside looking yeah. in, that might seem weird, but I don't know. It's just something about those two games that really stand out to me. Exactly. Jay? Well, we don't have to worry about December 2nd. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I just caught on that. Jay, what about you, man? Sorry. Well played, sir. Well played. Uh, man, all y'all made great points. I, I, I think the only thing for me in this game is, is how bad does Jimbo – Fisher want to get fired <laughs> so he doesn't have to work while getting paid. And it kind of feels like this is one of those games where he's going to try to blame somebody else for them losing because they shouldn't lose. I, I think South Carolina brings pulls this one out and it's probably more of a bias thing. Cause just me just hating A&M. I don't know. But I kind of think South Carolina goes down there and uh, puts a whooping on them, especially after they get upset by Missouri. Okay. All right, so you got to win it. Chris, you had – who winning? Oh, I got South Carolina, baby. South All right. Carolina. And then me and Ty got A&M winning that one. All right. Yep. So let's see what the record was at first. So, interesting. We have – for Chris, he has South Carolina with one, two, three, four losses, four <laughs> wins. So he has them four and four. four. And four. Okay. You have them three losses, so five, five three. wins. All right. Jay, same, three losses, five wins. And then I think I'm the harshest. I have one, two, three, four. I have five losses, three wins. Thus far. <laughs> All right. Let's look at the next two. These are two wins, I think, Jacksonville State and Vanderbilt. Right. Yes, Unless you I guys, agree. Okay. So I think those are two wins. All right. Anybody have any objections to the Vanderbilt game? No. All right. We're good. Are these they, last two. Yeah. These wondering last two. Keep going through that. Huh? I was wondering, we're going we're gonna to actually talk about that Vanderbilt game? Yeah, no. Nah, no. We should nah, skip those two. Nah, yeah, look, we're going to skip that one. But these last two are going to be uh, some no kidding. This is going to tell you, like Chris said, the top of the year against North Carolina is going is, is, it, to, it should set the tone. The back end of the year against Kentucky and as well as against Clemson is going to show us how much this team has grown, 
or if this team was fool's gold. Okay. Yeah. I think the the Kentucky game is going to be one hell of a game, a very interesting game. Um, Kentucky is uh, bringing in Devin Leary as their transfer quarterback from uh, you know from North Carolina State. Uh, this kid balled out at you know at State um, two years ago. Um, the uh, team went nine and three with him as a starting quarterback in 2021. Um, in 22 last year, he tore his pec, so he missed most of the season last year. Tore his pec on his right side, so that's something that I think we're going to have to look at here. But that 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 honestly should be healed up by this time next year. But Devin Leary is a beast. Um, so that that Kentucky game is going to be. Let me see where it's at. Is it at Kentucky? No. So no. oh, it's at South Carolina. No, South Carolina's got three straight home games. <laughs> oh, so that changes my thoughts now. I think South Carolina. I'm sorry. Four straight home yep. games. Four straight home games. I like Devin Leary. I think I think he's going to do great things at Kentucky this year. Um, a lot like they did with Levis this year. Um, since it's at South Carolina, I think South Carolina edges this out. Um, I'm gonna say uh, another field goal game. It's gonna be a close game. I, I think Kentucky's gonna play very well this year, but I think South Carolina's gonna get him in this game. Jay, I mean uh, Nick, come on, man. What's that? Come on, Devin Leary. Ty, I'm sorry that I had to keep using this, but you know, you know what we talked about for promo, okay? Move the needle. He does not move the needle for me at Kentucky. And I'm going to tell you why, okay? Because essentially what he's doing is just trading jerseys. He's just switching jerseys. It's practically the same team, same scenario as last year. They're a team that almost could but just couldn't get it done. I just don't see them going out there and being this magical team. I thought there were much better positions for him. Well, uh, I thought there were much better schools that he could have went to. Honestly, I thought that Leary um, – um, wasn't Jay? Now correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't there a talk between him and uh about him and Oklahoma State? I think at one point there was. Yeah, yeah. At one point there was. I thought that would have been a great, great place for him being right there with Gundy. Um, knowing the type of coach that Gundy is. Look, I'm not an Oklahoma State fan, but I think we all would would agree Gundy's a really good coach. How he goes about some things, we probably w- would say is questionable, but at the same time, he's a good coach. Um, I thought there were much better places for him. I'm not mad because obviously he's with a Stoops brother, but at the same time, I think that he went from uh, one scenario to the second scenario that is essentially the same as last time. And I I don't see them being able to get this win. I think that uh, South Carolina gets this win. All right, we're in agreement. South Carolina wins. Ty, how about you? South Carolina wins. Yeah. I I have a lot of questions for Kentucky. They lost some pieces along the offensive line. I know Keontae Goodwin, former five. You don't lose a former five-star feel good. And their offensive line coach left before the beginning of last season is now the offensive line coach at Alabama. Big fan of his game, by the way. Really liked him at Kentucky. Um, Yeah, I, I just... I just have South Carolina. I think South Carolina is going to finish decently strong. So I yep. like them in this game. Jay. <laughs> we already got uh, consensus. We got a consensus already. I'm going to be simple with it. I'm <laughs> South Carolina as well. And I say that because they're playing four home games in a row in November. Like the yeah, football yeah. gods love them. Yeah, you don't ask I don't, much more. There's no reason for them to lose any of these four games in November yeah. at all. They should win all four of them. I'm going to South Carolina in this game. 
All right. So we all got a consensus on that. Ty, you know, so you're the harder. So only four wins for him now. <laughs> you got him. <laughs> no, 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 no. You got him at uh, you got him at six wins so far, right? Six wins. Yeah, I have him at six wins. Okay, and I think I got him with, with only three losses. So this is uh, I got him at nine and no, no, I have him at eight and three right now, right? You have them at yeah, eight and three. Jay has them at eight and three, and Chris has seven and four. Yep, seven and four. And All where right. are we? We're, we're past the uh, that we're past uh, the, yeah, we're past over half. under, ain't we? We're yeah. past six and a half. Oh, All right, y'all are. Yeah, <laughs> <That's> <laughs> I, I have a spoiler. We ain't uh, gonna get there for me either. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and spoil the party. We ain't getting there, boy. All right, let me, let me, let me go ahead. Let me go ahead and start this by saying South Carolina gets the win, guys. Okay. Go South, ahead. South Carolina gets the win. I think South Carolina goes in there with uh, with, with with sort of similar kind of uh, 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 pretty much the same. Uh, game plan that they had last uh, last year. I think what you're doing is basically just controlling the narrative and doing what you need to do piece by piece. You piece it's a piecemeal game. You're not going to go out there and blow Clemson out. Clemson has a better caliber of athletes uh, than you do at least right now, in my opinion. But I think one thing that you can do is uh, let's just be real: the uh, T Higgins and Justin Rosses and stuff like that aren't running out out there anymore. And the thing about it is, is that we still have to kind of see how this season plays out for Caleb Klubnik. Do I think he's going to be electric? Hell yes, I do. But at the same time, I just, I don't know if Clemson's good enough. I mean, I think Clemson's good enough to go in there and win the game. But I think at the end of the day, um, I think South Carolina, especially being being a, a home game, and that's probably, I, I don't know what time you guys think that game is going to be, probably 11, 11 o'clock or probably 2.30. Uh, but at this, at the end of the day, I, I just think South Carolina uh, prevails in that game. I think it just means more, and I think it would be. I, I just feel like they're gonna go. They're gonna. They're gonna double up. Double up on that and uh and go two and zero for these past two years. Mm, Jay, how about you, Jay? Same thing. They double up on this one. I like K. Uh, I like couple club Nick. But I think South Carolina at this point hits their stride and goes to that ninth win. I'm going with them. Ooh, tie. This is this is interesting, guys, because the <laughs> one thing that's held Clemson back for the past few years is that offense. I mean, the offensive play calling has been abysmal, and they Atrocious. still have a high-caliber defense, and now they have Garrett Riley. Fair. I think that they have such a good caliber of athlete. I think that they're going to be looking at the situation, realizing – that they lost this game last year by one point. Um, <laughs> Bell was the leading rusher for South Carolina at 29. Guys, this is what worries me. Is this a recipe that can be repeated where you have a running back run for less than 30 yards against Clemson and win the game? I don't know. The more I think about it, the more shaky I get on Missouri. Right, The more I think I might overreact there, South Carolina might get that one. I just I don't see them beating Clemson twice in a row whenever they relied on two running backs so heavily last year. And Marshawn Lloyd is at USC now. 
He's not there anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was a guy that if you look at the best performances through the year, Jaheim Bell never went over 100 yards. He never went over 100 yards. Marshawn Lloyd went 169, 110, 92, 80. Like, he was the dude there. He's not there anymore. I just don't know that trying to play Clemson with next to no consistent running game is a recipe for success. Um, Okay, so, Ty, I'm glad you said that. I was waiting for you to bring that up. And also, I'll let you speak. So so, so I, I was quiet, so I'm, I'm going to go ahead and correct you, okay? First off, this is a Lincoln-Raleigh-style offense, okay? We all know it doesn't take God's grace and mercy to, to even win that game. You, all you need is just somebody who's durable out there. You're not trying to go out there and rush for 100, 600, 200, 300 yards. That would be nice, but essentially all you're trying to do is just move the chains. You're trying to put them in really precarious situations and keep that offense off the field. That That's all you're trying to do. Now, I know that defense is going to be stout, but I think with Spencer Rattler, uh, uh, especially being from that Lincoln-Riley tree, obviously I think he's going to have a key uh, a key understanding of what it takes to kind of really uh, uh, beat that. I'm not saying he's going to go out there and play defense, but what I'm saying is I think that they're going to be very controlled and I think that they're going to be physical with that offense. I think that, that offense, that's where you exploit it. You're physical with them. You make, you keep them off the field, and then when they are on the field, you're very, very, very physical with them. And they don't have the weapons this year, in my opinion, to run that offense. I'm just going to be honest with you. Who do they lose? Of, huh? Who do they lose? Outside of Will Shipley, what are we, what are we really talking about, Ty? I don't see any top-notch wide receivers. You want to know the the reason why I disagree with you? Why you disagree? They have the same receivers they had last year. DJ Uangalele threw for under 100 yards, and they lost the game by one point. To your point, this is a Lincoln-Riley offense. What's the one truth we know about a Lincoln-Riley offense? Hell, it's the reason you got on to me when I thought USC could get Utah. A disciplined defense that makes you read ends that. You're talking about Clemson. Once again, I think when we look at this, Spencer Rattler threw two interceptions in that game with a quarterback that couldn't move the ball on the other side of the football. If you give that Clemson offense any semblance of life, that's not a winning game for South Carolina. Where where is this game being played at this year? South South Carolina. Carolina. Exactly. And I think that's going to be. I think that's I, I going to that. be different. I, I think the crowd is going to be into the game. I think they're going to play a factor into the game. We're already yeah. one up, and I think that they're they're going to be loud. That's not going to be a that. quiet stadium. I think that is going to yeah. definitely change some things. Now I will go. I, I I will give you that. Spencer Rattler threw picks last year. We've seen Spencer Rattler throw picks at home on the road, neutral site. We've seen it all. Everybody on this panel has seen it. I just feel like if you're physical with that uh, with that offense, um, and then on the, uh, and then if but you, can they be physical if they don't have a run game? I and their that. tight end is gone. No, no, I'm saying I'm saying yeah, with, with, well gone. Clemson's defense is going to both be tight ends are gone. Yeah, I know Clemson's defense is different. Now, I mean that's a different story, but I feel like if you're playing control a controlled football game, because that's pretty much what they did this last this last year. Well, no, they, they relied on Spencer to win the game. They yeah. couldn't move the ball to control the game. Yeah. And they they were and the other reason they were able to control the game, Chris, is because DJU couldn't stay on the field. <laughs> he went 8 of 29 for 99 yards. Factual. That's factual. That's factual. I can't argue with that. That's factual. <laughs> that dude went 8 for 29, 99 yards. Oh my god. He had a QBR of 26.9. 
But I'm still saying the fact that that they're playing at at South Carolina changes the narrative for me. I do grant you that. I mean, I got South Carolina. I don't think it's going to be big, big. I think it's going to be pretty much the exact same formula, exact same game as last year. Um, And I think Spencer Rattler gets them over the the hump. See, we disagree, but we agree in the sense of I think it's a different result, but almost the exact same logic where I think it's close, but I think Clemson pulls it out. Nick, put that that comment by uh, James Thrice up there. That's hilarious. I saw Rattler throw a pick at Rear Riders (laughs) Air (laughs) Force. That's, that's cold blooded. That's cold blooded, man. All right, it's my turn, right? Oh man, hate, that's, hate, that's, hate, hate. That's cold blooded. Hate. That's cold blooded. Hey, look, I'm with Ty on this one. I think Clemson. I, I think Clemson wins this game. 31-30 with DJU as quarterback. Um, he didn't have. Near, look here. We could have got out there and played quarterback for Clemson last year and did just the same thing. You know, what was it? Nine for 28, nine for 29, Ty, something like that. Eight for 29, less than 100 yards, one touchdown, one interception. Cade Klubnick, we saw what he did in that bowl game, going 20 for 24 with, with 280 yards or something like that, a couple touchdowns. He pretty much ate up North Carolina last year. Now, I know, you know, North Carolina didn't have all their players playing last year in that bowl game, but to see a, a – you know, a true freshman coming there and go 20 for 24 and have the game that he did shows promise. And it, and, it, and it shows that Clemson has, I think, their next quarterback for the next couple of years before he goes off into the draft. And I think this is going to be a great coming out party for him this this season. I think Cade does his thing. I think Clemson wins that game down in South Carolina. I'm just going to add this in to piggyback off of what you said, Nick. If we look at the best passing performances last year for Clemson, the number one would be Uangalele against Wake Forest, where he went for 371 yards. Yeah. Number two would be Cade Klubnick against Tennessee, where he threw for 320 yards. And number three would be Cade Klubnick against North Carolina, where he, he threw for 279. He started two games. Yeah. And he had two of the three highest-performing yeah. games for that offense. And I remember I, watching Cade in high school. And that oh, my kid, God. Lowest interception rate 24-7 sports has ever charted. That, I'm sorry, what? Yeah, he had the yeah. lowest interception rate 24-7 sports had ever charted for a quarterback rated three-star or over. Yeah, he's wow. a monster, dude. Went to Austin-Westlake, uh, you know, hell of a quarterback, man. I remember seeing what him What did he throw, like, one interception his whole career? <laughs> it was something crazy, but they threw a lot, right? Like, yeah. they relied on yeah. his arm. So it was yeah, they threw a lot. Yeah. So it wasn't a BS. It wasn't a I threw it every no. once in a while. It was no. I'm throwing no, it 400 kid. times. Yeah, he was a five-star for a reason. Uh, Nick, you know. Who- who went to? Who else went to uh, Austin Westlake? As far as what? I know what he's doing here. Well, who else? Went here we go. Somebody else went there, Nick. Come on. Hey, they produce QBs. Bam, yeah. bam, Sam. Okay. <laughs> Dude, Baker? I don't know. Yeah, Baker. He ain't go to Austin. He went. He to wasn't Lake a South Lake quarterback. You he know went to Lake Travis. Baker went to Lake Travis. <laughs> you know what South Lake quarterbacks do? <laughs> yeah, they just they just beat OU forty nine to nothing. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, but uh I think Clemson wins that game. I think Clemson wins that game. Uh I like K Clubnick. I think I think he's gonna be a star. He's gonna be a star. And uh I think they're gonna ride high this year. ACC, like we always know, it's not the toughest conference. You know, they should come in that 
probably one or two losses, maybe tops, and they're going to be playing for something. And I think uh, I think Clemson wins that game. So what's the total, Ty? Jay, well, Jay's still. Oh, Jay. Oh, I forgot, Jay. I thought you uh, picked your. No, no. Jay already picked. He picked South Carolina. Yeah. Oh, you picked South picked Carolina? I picked them to win two times. <laughs> hey, man, I said they ain't losing home these four-game straight. My God. Hold on now. <laughs> <laughs> this is their ninth win. They're not winning. They're not losing. Yeah, dear They're... God. Okay, we have. We have. Boy. Boys, I am not high on them. Um, <laughs> like I said, like I said, I I will easily eat crow on the Mizzou game because that's the one I'm the uneasiest on. And like Truth said, like Chris said, actually, like all of you said, Truth said it, um, Jay said it, Nick said it, Chris said it. Where y'all said you think they split the Mizzou A and M? I think that's probably more likely. I'm going that they lose both. So here's the spread: Chris eight and four, Nick eight and four, Jay nine and three. I have them at six and six. Okay. Which really, you know, that's not a crazy spread. Yeah, that's not too far off. That's not too far off at all. But I think eight and four is very, very, very reasonable for them. I I, I think that's something that can happen. Um, Everything depends, I think, on that first game, on that North Carolina game. I got them losing that game, but if they win that game, they they have an opportunity to have a slip up against a Missouri or slip up against, you know, um, you know, A&M. Um, yeah, I think eight and four is pretty is pretty reasonable for them. You know, if Spencer comes out and plays like we know he can, and plays up to his talent and doesn't force things, um, it's still a gunslinger without taking too many risks all the time. I think they can do great things this year. Yeah, this is. I, I think that if you're asking me the two games I have them losing in, that I'd circle North Carolina, Mizzou. Because yeah. I think you you put it perfectly. That first game, everybody said it. That's so important. Yep, so important. Man, all right. So that was a good that was a good little spread. I like that one. I like that. And you one. know, you want to know what helps me? What 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 makes me really believe South Carolina wins Clemson to end the season? Hmm. Why? Clemson plays North Carolina the week before. Mm. That's Ooh. a good point. That's a really good point. That's going to be some work. Mm. They're going to have to work for that win. Ooh. And they're at home, luckily. But they're gonna have to work for that win, and that might be the game that determines who goes to the ACC championship game. So you know, a lot of lot of stuff is gonna be riding on that game. It is that that to me is what when I saw the schedule before, I was like, yep, that that there's a game before South Carolina that Clemson's gonna be focused on. Yeah, that that makes sense. They may just they just may just really just be. Just because it wouldn't matter if they lost at that point if they beat Correct. North Carolina for the You're ACC. Right. That's a really this good is a bragging point, rights man. game, and the yeah. question is: is do you care about the the bragging rights more than you care about but that it, battle with North but Carolina? But it also depends on how Clemson is doing throughout the season. Fair. Clemson could literally run the table in the ACC this year, minus North Carolina. Oh, we got to go through the ACC's over-unders, too, then. We got to make that happen. That's going to be fun. There's a lot of great ones. I mean, come on, well, North Carolina. Hey, I've got all of them. I've been looking at them. That's hey, fun. In the last, in the last, uh, last few minutes of the show, let's 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 talk about let's talk a little couple of national topics, okay? Yeah, go ahead. Let's, go ahead. Uh, let's, let's stay out. a little bit in the SEC, but let's kind of venture out uh, just just a little bit. So, um, first thing I wanted to get you guys' opinion on because it's been a minute since we talked. I think um, I saw a thing on uh, I want to say uh, two four seven sports or. Uh, 
I'm forgetting which site I saw it on, but I saw the buyouts for coaches. And I thought it was really interesting when I'm looking at everybody, you know, people that's at 16 mil, different things like that. And I think you can play that out and possibly pay that out as well. But when you see Mel Tucker and Jimbo Fisher both at 86 and a half million buyout, <laughs> which is beyond me. Ty, I was on your show. I remember saying this and I said it on my show the following week. You cannot give these coaches a 10-year deal. I, I just crazy. don't see how you could give a I, I look, I get it. And if and if Venables goes out there and goes 10 and 2, goes 11 and 1, uh does this thing or whatever, I still don't say see why you would give somebody a 10-year deal. I think you put them at most pretty much a, a three, 3 to 4 year four. contract, exactly. yes. And make them and work for with it. it. Yeah. Make them hungry. Make them keep not, being hungry. I, yeah, and I'm not saying that they haven't, they don't, they don't deserve that. I mean, they're a high caliber of coach, or they wouldn't have got the jobs. But the fact of the matter is, is that you put yourself in such a, such a box, and I, I feel like whenever you, it's great that you're investing in a coach, but when you're locking yourself in for ten years with somebody, and then you have a buyout clause like that, you're hurting. You're hurting. You're hurting that 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 team going forward for at least the next three or four years. Because if it's the same each year, then they're going to be behind on the recruiting trail, and they're going to have to get somebody who's going to come in there and fix it and figure out what's going to happen. You get what I'm saying? Exactly. Same thing with Arkansas. Arkansas was on the verge of doing something incredible with um, um, uh, with Petrino at first, and Petrino gets fired, and then boom, you have all the rest of the stuff. I mean, I know that's kind of a different extreme, but Every team on here, Alabama included, Oklahoma included, Tennessee included for sure, Jay. Uh, Texas, I mean, that's another story. But a lot of, a lot of times you're getting locked in with some of these coaches, uh, especially we can look in the past and see. You're getting locked in with these coaches and, hell, three, four, five years, and then we have Nick dropping videos talking about, hey, this is the first coach we've had in such a long time who's actually wanted to build inside out. Yeah, that's his philosophy. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So it just baffles me that we're sitting here talking about, you know, and I'm not saying anything's wrong with Mel Tucker, but there are w rumors around it. They're, they're looking at his contract up there in Michigan State. Can Michigan so, State afford to buy him out. No. They're not buying him out. They can't afford well, that. I don't, I don't, I, even, even with all the money that Texas A&M has, they can't afford, they can't to, afford buy to buy Jimbo out. That's I just, have a take on that, and I'll go last on this just because it's a little bit of a rant, and I want to make sure everybody – <laughs> Let me jump it. in on that one Go real ahead, quick. And so Joel Klatt tweeted this out December 12th of 2017. And he said this, I quote, Power 5 programs are paying a combined $69 million in buyouts this year alone. You could give every Power 5 football player around $10,000 with that money. Institutions of higher education are paying $69.010 million to Seven individuals. Absurd. And you're talking about these buyouts with A&M and Michigan State. It's going to do nothing but get worse. Jimmy Sexton knows what he's doing. That man is a legend. He's a legend at the bank. Yep. They see him at the bank, and they're like, oh, Jimmy's walking in, guys. Bring out the rose petals. And then you got somebody in there asking, who's going to clean up all these flowers? That's how what he does, man. He, that man is a god. He walks on water in some miraculous way but that's the crazy part man is that these teams get so excited 
for no reason, like just because you get a winning record, you're like, oh, we've got our guy. We're going to go ahead and pay him. All this. No, like just like y'all, just like you said, Nick, just like you said, Chris, give it a couple more seasons because you're going to be stuck in the whole pain. I mean, there's so many teams that are still paying coaches. They've been paying coaches for years. All, and they could even get a new coach. They were struggling to get a new coach because of how much money they were paying out to all of the other coaches that they had on payroll. You're paying guys not to work. Like, exactly. <laughs> it's absurd. Now, I get it's a negotiation tactic to get somebody to take the job, but do better. Stop resetting the market, is which Ty is going to go into his rant on. Go ahead, Ty. Well, hold on, hold on, Ty. Hold on, Ty. Let, Wait, me, Nick, get it little, let me get a little bit in. Get it up. This happens with teams that uh, aren't Most used to winning. Low yeah, self-esteem. Team, team, teams that have low <laughs> self-esteem and teams that are not used to winning. All right. So you have a team like Michigan State who does really well with Mel Tucker in his first year. And he builds his team through the transfer portal. And he does all these great things. And they haven't had a high that high in a while. And so they're like, I got to bottle this up right now. And I got to keep it. And I got to preserve it. All right. And with them doing that, they overspend. Um it's almost like a kid in a toy store, right? And then he goes in for Christmas, and they say, get whatever you want. And they're like, Mel Tucker got us 10 wins this year. Just get them and bottle them up. I don't want him to leave. And so they, they overreacted to the minimal success, which makes you wonder, who are the athletic directors of these schools that are blessing this? First off, who are the ADs of these schools that are looking at and saying that, look, yeah, he built his team through the transfer portal, so he's going to be able to do this every year. No, those are short-sighted opportunities uh, to have winning seasons. You cannot have a continued successful team doing what Mel Tucker did his first year. The case of Jimbo, um, Jimbo had a great COVID year, right? The COVID year that Jimbo had was outstanding um, for A&M. It was an outstanding year. They went to the Orange Bowl. They win it. They do great things. And then they just went bananas after that, which was crazy. Uh, because prior to that, he has been an average seven-win quarterback since Jameis Winston left. He, he's been a seven-win coach since Jameis Winston left. And that's who he is. Yeah. That's who Jimbo is. And they overpaid for a seven-win coach. Now, will things get better? Will, will Jimbo get his head out of his ass and let Bobby Petrino run the offense? That's going to be the clear decision of I know right that's going to be the clear decision of whether or not that extension was worth it if Jimbo is able to become a CEO of this team and not be a head coach who is too stuck in his ways uh to get out of his way to help his team win games Ty over to you man yeah look you've all said it beautifully but there is there is something that has just plagued my mind it is almost like inception where an idea was planted and it will not come out and it takes me back to something i said four or five months ago with texas a&m where i asked the question to texas a&m fans in a video what is the standard of acceptability at texas a&m what what's the standard you fired kevin sumlin for giving you the exact same thing jimbo fisher gives you and some a&m fan hit my comments and gave me a reason he said well jimbo's recruiting better and i said fair but you don't realize that actually hurts your argument. You're telling me you're getting the same results with more talent. That's worse. Like, that's objectively worse. Plus, Kevin Sumlin didn't lose to a group of five team. Jimbo did. That's not really the point here. Here's the point, all right? 
it's stupid for multiple reasons, the contract they give Jimbo Fisher. It's stupid for the first reason of look at the buyout they have to pay him. Jay, you alluded to it. Chris, you talked about it. Nick, you talked about it. It's an absurd buyout, right? You gave this man an extension off of beating Nick Saban. Cool. The reason why I think this is so dumb, what they did, is I always liken this to the NFL. Whenever Aaron Rodgers, whenever Patrick Mahomes signs a new contract, they set the market. Now A&M is in a position where if they pay Jimbo Fisher the buyout, no agent worth their salt is going to take a contract worth substantially less than what Jimbo had, and here's the reason. Because if they're firing Jimbo for eight and four, the other agent is coming in there, and their point of negotiations is, we're going to give you substantially better results than eight and four. And if you're paying Jimbo Fisher X amount of millions of dollars a year for eight and four, you have to pay me X plus three for 10 and two for 11 and one. They've set the standard of acceptability and an absurd rate, and now no agent worth their salt is going to take a contract worth substantially less. Maybe it will be less because of how much they've paid him. It won't be substantially less because their pitch is going to be, you're bringing me in here to be better. Why would I take less than the guy you just fired if I'm getting you better results? And this gets me into a larger, (laughs) this gets me into a larger point, right? You pay a coach not off of what you think they can do. You pay a coach off of what they do. There's a reason why when Nick Saban gets a 10-year deal, I applaud. He's given you all the success you could hope for. If he goes 10-2 and the rest of his days, I pray that that's not the case. But if that's the case, he is still objectively unbelievable, right? Like, that's still unbelievable. He's worth the contract because you've paid him for what he's given you. They yep. paid Jimbo for ideas, and that's wild. Don't, don't clip that. That is that. We got to clip that. I'm still in that one. I feel the sermon. Well, I'm not done yet. I know you're not. Real, real quick. That is the thing that I've preached about this whole Jimbo Fisher piece is, man. A and M ain't got two hundred million dollars to be hiring a new coach. Yeah. Can't, you can't pay, buy out $90, $86 million and then think the next dude's going to be like, oh, I'll take less. It's five wins. I won't <laughs> double what he made if I get you 10. Yeah. <laughs> and and it, it gets me to like the ACC, right, with their contract situation right now. Mm. I don't understand, and this is what you – I don't understand taking this long-term deal. I get it. You have long-term quote-unquote security. Guys, y'all all know that outside of college football, my second sport is MMA. So usually UFC, but one, any of that stuff, right? Kickboxing. Dana White said something incredibly stupid the other day, if you could believe it. He was talking about power slap. First off, he said they pull better numbers than every other sport combined, which is just mind-numbingly stupid. The second thing he said that just rustled my jimmies like no one would believe is he was like, oh, well, Slap is doing great. We just signed a contract, a media contract worth more than what we signed with Spike with in 2006 for the UFC. And in my mind, I was like, yeah, I hope that you being a billion dollar company could prop up a subsidiary of your company and get a better TV media rights contract than you got in 2006. The landscape has changed and that 2006 money is funny money now. Point being, I don't know why in the landscape right now you commit to something so long when things so frequently change. You know what's crazy about this too, Ty? Uh, Let's say Jimbo struggles, which I think he is over the next couple years, and 
let's say A&M fires him after two or three years and his buyout's only about, what, 40 mil, right? 40, 50 mil, right? And let's say they want to go after a coach. Let's say Lane Kiffin, right? Lane, Lane's a good coach, right? Lane's a good coach. Lane's making $7.3 million this year, okay, at Ole Miss, right? At Ole Miss, with no expectations, with no real expectations, Lane Kiffin is making $7.3 million in 2023. If he goes to Texas Tech, what do you think he's going to want? What is any coach with any, any kind of worth going to want? Lane Kiffin, folks, is making $7.35 million this year at Ole Miss. And if let's say if he goes and says, I want to go to Texas A&M, I can turn that team around. You're going to have to pay me at least 9.5 to 10 every season. Fully what did Jimbo Fisher make? Nine and a half is what his average is. You got to pay me at least 9.6. Yes. Yes. And now Period. You, you have set your market. Ty, you said it just right, Ty. A&M has set their market so high now for a head coach that, look, you're going to have to just come out the pocket for him, man, and hope that the next coach that you get is worth it. The only agents that's going to be willing to, willing and interested to negotiate with them will be Jimmy Sexton. And we all know that he walk in there, he's going to be like, hey, man, y'all know the last contract? <laughs> Yesterday's prices. Ain't Boy. today's prices. <laughs> Yesterday's gonna, prices. Ain't today's prices. They're going to lock him out the building. If he's, <laughs> if, if he's representing a coach, they're going to be like, next, we can't. We can't. We've went yeah. through this one time with Jimmy Sexton before. We will not be made a fool of twice. Exactly. You know what's going to be funny? It's every time they talk to a coach, and we're like, okay, so, yeah, I, I think this might be a good fit. So who's your agent? Oh, we got Jimmy Sexton. We, 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 uh, well, Get out. We won't talk. <laughs> Get out. And, they, and they're literally going to have – it's going to be a conveyor belt of coaches walking in saying, oh, my agent's Jimmy Sexton, my agent's Jimmy Sexton, my agent's – they there's, – there's no way they're going to avoid this man now after they did this to themselves. Man. And look, That's funny. Lane Kiffin's salary raises to $9 million if, if he is retained after the, the uh, 2023 season. So mm-hmm. what do you think a guy like that's going to command? A guy of his caliber – Right, we're talking Lane Kiffin, a guy of his caliber. What is he going to command if the A and M job opens up? And I actually think Lane Kiffin's silliness, backed by A and M's capabilities, might work. Right? Yes. Like his That's... silliness is just endearing enough to pique interest of people, and now you have that resources. It'd be it'd be fun. That's why what? I pulled his name because I think he'd be an awesome hire there. But what Please would he command the on the? <laughs> Look, I, I think it's a great segue into what else I was going to say. I just wanted to talk, I knew, give a I knew shout it, out to the only school <laughs> in the SEC with Here a Here we go. Okay. And I wanted to point out to Ty, Ty, this is the only school in the SEC. Let me, let me repeat that for the people out there with a Bucky's. Everybody <laughs> loves Bucky's. <laughs> Everybody loves Bucky's. If you don't, yeah, hey, look, if, if, if y'all like, y'all in the chat ain't never had no, no is, nuggets. Hey, Bucky's is on hard to paint, dog. Bucky's yeah, they typically put them in areas with high depression, so that would make sense. <laughs> 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 you have to do something to mitigate the sorrow of the people. Oh man, <laughs> I'm just letting you know. <laughs> so you give them beaver nuggets, so they focus beaver. on something other than their pain. You <laughs> <laughs> said the beaver. Wow. Oh man. All right, man. But look, folks, man. Look, it's been an hour and a half. Uh, we only got through one team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had too much fun. We had too yeah, much no, fun this, with South this, Carolina. 
this right here, what we arrived upon the other week when we started, this is so much fun. And I know it it's is. only one team. Like, we, we don't get through much, but it is so much fun to go through and talk about this. Exactly. Exactly. So, all right, folks, man. Let's go ahead and let's end this thing. Uh, press that like button, folks. Um, you know, basically, just, just get to the channel. Subscribe to the channel, man. I think we're almost at 200 subscribers here for the SC Connect. Far less than all of our channels. But, uh Look, we're just trying to start this up. This is going to be in great position once Texas and OU do go to the SEC. And also when the football season starts this year, we're going to have a lot of content to talk about. It's going to be yeah. you know, awesome. Um, so like, comment, subscribe, folks. And uh, we're it. We're out, man. Doses. Boomer. Peace. That damn Auburn sign. <laughs>